Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Today is our 55th show. This is a big deal. I kind of like the number 55. It's my birth year, and it's just kind of cool, two fives. They say that five is half of a number of completion, and this is way too metaphysical for our show today at least. But, you know, 10 is a complete number and 9 is the last number and it's it's very confusing, but it's fun to think about because that's how our insights grow. We kick things around and we form a better conclusion of everything that's come before in our mind and we organize it. I have a book I bounce back and forth, and I read a lot of books. But I, well, because, for instance, this is uh, John Locke on, um, oh my goodness, what's it called? The Beginnings of Understandings of the Mind and Reason, or, or something like that. But, you know, it's 17th century stuff, and there's not the specificity of science in play at all times generalities, you know, it's like some 19th century occultist could write something like that and not be as vague or trippy. It's pretty good. You know, it shows that people thought about deep things and even though some of the loops go round and round and with our modern understanding of these things, it's pretty easy to spot where the parts that are excluded because they're not known are not described as they would be in some future way. You know, they try and get to the bottom of all these deep things. So they work at picking away at the facts and then there's holes and I guess that's life. Our minds aren't really meant to crack the big mysteries. I mean, Einstein did thought experiments and came up with many of these things, and that's how genius comes. It's intuition. It's something that strikes us like a spark or a bolt. And, you know, it just passed through it, and we were able to recognize it's not like, even though it welled up out of us, it welled up out of us from all sorts of experiences and electrochemical impulses in our brain and thought patterns through time. You know, it's really complex. So that's why I like to look at just the behavior a lot, what's happening. So here we are at the Homeless Commission meeting the other day in Lhasa, this Los Angeles County Housing Authority, whatever, how they get their money partly from the federal government and they're a county agency and 
estate. I don't know if they're in the middle of it, but there's just a, a lot of repetition and futility in all these government systems, it seems. I should say fairly that most of the ones that I've encountered, and businesses, well, businesses do have profit, but I mean, that tends to lead towards wanting better order or at least better accounting because of laws. Government doesn't have to uphold the law. They, they make the law. Makes it easier to break the law or just be totally incompetent. So now this LASA is coming up with well, they're realizing that what's been going on hasn't worked. And I've been on this diversion subcommittee and they formed these goals from some focus group that was just way off track. I've talked about that. And we've tried to say, hey, some of these things don't make sense. They're not even explained well enough to make sense. And so now... My diversion subcommittee has changed to problem solving because I did kind of agree with the one guy. He says to me, or the group, he said, uh, we're changing it from diversion to problem solving. No one likes to be diverted. I did. I said, oh, yeah, well, that's true in a way. But I would like to be diverted off a road that's washed out up ahead and I'm going to fall into the river. So... It depends on how you phrase things and diversion. Well, if it's for your own good, whether or not you know it, I suppose it's a good thing. I suppose I've been diverted before by things, and I can't really think of a good one right now, but I have, you know, got opportunities because of things have gone wrong. My car broke down on a job interview one day and you know, I was forced to put extra focus or, you know, and again, this is Zen focus, Buddha focus. It's, it's non-focus. It's non-caring. It's just living in the now and the flow and doing your best and when you do that stuff, there's no fear, there's no worry, there's no, all the things that uh, inhibit performance, there's just no apprehension, kind of a cocky place to be. It can be when you come on, you know, in the peaceful time when you're centered and one, and it's just a serene pool. There's no cocky in that pool. But then... You go on, you hit the mark, and you tell the truth. So you have to step forward. And that's what upholding matters is also about. I just, I dig it, you know. We're, we're doing it on purpose. And hopefully we're coming at it from a place that's calm and reasoned and stress-free because all that stuff just gets in the way of decision-making and Decision-making is a lot about analysis of what has happened before and what we can do to fix these things to make the process better. So that's where the government, you know, gets a little loose because 
they're pretty good at saying we're going to fix this. We've got a new team and sort of a plan, a scribble, uh, general guidelines. They don't talk about how they're going to hire enough people or break the spell of chronic overtime or, you know, they're just guidelines or hopes or wishes. So NASA, this LA Housing Authority thing, whatever, behemoth, it's got three over billion dollars over 10 years in addition from a sales tax. I, I learned something. LA County has got 60% of the nation's homeless people living in it. You believe that? But it's not too hard to believe. You consider our climate and the lifestyle. I, it's uh, kind of neat, kind of interesting, kind of sad, kind of perplexing. All these things together. What the heck's going on? But anyway, so they're realizing not only we're going to have people out there, case management before referrals. And I raised my hand and said, hey. We spent an entire year after a first year of disappointment when everything was changed to training people up to put people into this um, CES. So the central evaluation thing, I'll, I'll, I'll get the word. It's the coordinated entry system and that's supposed to link up all the agencies that are trying to help because there's so many NASA just hands out the money but all these service providers do it and some are mental health america and valley oasis and groups that not-for-profits that have been putting social services out there for for a very long time so that's who doing this. And I got a couple of great people with me on diversion. But, you know, today at the meeting, there was some poor woman who's had a good job at the state and has three kids. And some of them, one of them has a disability and the other has behavioral problems. And she's living on a voucher in a hotel. And she told everybody this and trying to kick her out and then she'd be on the street. So the problem-solving aspect of this seemed to be pretty natural. And I was there with my bud, Nick Matthews, from Valley Oasis. This guy is the head of the coordinated care. He's, he's the head dude of giving services. So he was surprised that this other group from a children's center is also offering these services, and he didn't know anything about it. And I felt bad because it's just more of this mix-up. You know, everybody says they're going to do something, and the county can change it for all these people that are giving all these hours, these professionals that are actually have a real job to help people are in these meetings, endless meetings, and then things get changed, and they're just not communicated. It's so darn inefficient. And I hope I contributed a little bit this week to just standing up and telling the guy, hey, there's a couple of things here that just don't make sense. 
Hi, everyone. My sound editor tells me there's a high pitch hum in the first three minutes of the second half that's too hard to get out to stay on time and on budget. So forgive me. And I think you have to have really good ears to hear it. But nonetheless, my apologies again. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back. Yeah, 55. I can't drive 55. You know, it's a serious time when our own people, and now this sounds somewhat, oh, you know, I kid with my kids that make me a racist or sexist or, and you don't want to be like that. But you certainly want to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in the United States of America. That's what this show is about, upholding what matters, this country. But what the heck is wrong? And it seems like the whole world's going crazy. I've talked about wood, world unraveling, dissociative disorder. took me a year to figure out what to call that that nagging thing that, God, something's not right. And, of course, I have 55 shows of talking about it to show for it. It's uh, a time that I felt needed to be chronicled. And um, that's what I do for me. Because today... I was going to do the second half on Trump and the crazy stuff that's going on in our government. And I saw in the news a piece about, forgive me for not remembering the name of the group, Raw. But anyway, it's one of these like Doctors Without Borders groups. They usually go to Costa Rica or some remote spot. I had a doctor that went to Guam every year did charitable work. But now this group, they're in West Virginia, they're in the Appalachians. People just don't have medical insurance, medical care, and a lot of it's dental, and they just can't afford to go to the dentist. And so here we have these group of volunteering doctors helping people right here in America. And is that racist to say we should help here first? It does not mean to say that we shouldn't help out other places in the world, because certainly Central America is an example. The dollars we spend stabilizing the living conditions for the poor people that live there, you know, protecting them from the gangs and the violence that... I mean, it could be just a little bit. Corruption is always there. And that's the joke. Um, and democracy, it's your vote that counts. In whatever else, it's your count that votes, like in the kingship and all. You know, it's. So we have that if we believe in our vote. If it means anything anymore or what we think it means. 
And if it can be tampered with, this is what 2016 was about. And I'm not satisfied that there's any real official hurry to make sure that does not happen again. So all these things I was going to talk about, but, you know, coming around to the common sense and reason of helping here in America. And I talked about the housing authority here in L.A. that's going to kick in more money. And you got to throw it at home. But the problem is so deep and entrenched. And they were talking about abused children the other day or children that suffered trauma. And don't we all? Haven't we all? And that's what's, you know, eating at me. We, this is a philosophical thing. Do we need to, it's a question, do we need to be in recovery all our lives? Wouldn't it be better if we were just spared whatever abuse we needed to recover from? And that's endemic in the system in many ways. And now here's a term I came upon today, pseudo-reasoning. Just picked up a book and it's highlighted in there. That's why it attracted my attention. This is like a psychological terms book. But pseudo-reasoning is the same thing that people do to justify their behavior. It's more or less like a, everyone else does it, so it's normal. Now, but here's the, the flip side of that, because we're in such uncharted territory as a world and as a nation that it makes us almost long for those good old days of just across-the-board incompetence and greed and graft, and excesses will be punished. And just tolerate what you can't stop. Okay, we had abundance, and we had all these things going for us in the world. But now, and I think of the communists, Khrushchev and he would say that uh, the TV would get us. We eat ourselves out with decadence and our corrupt moral ways of, you know, self-pleasure and just just uh, the whole notion that we should live free and have time to recreate and take your boat to Lake Mead. And these are things that people in other countries really just don't get to do because there's so much struggle. And that's what makes America worth saving. That's what makes us great is that we live at that standard that still other people from around the world are at least envious of, want to come to, want to live the same where they are under the type of freedom we have, freedom of the press. A lot of places, they lack of journalism and journalists and kill him. The Khashoggi guy, that poor guy, can you believe that's unresolved? Yeah, we know. Yeah, the Saudis just butchered him with a bone saw, drag him out in bags. Yeah, we'll do business with you. That's fine. And I'm not saying that this brutality doesn't go on in places where you might think that it shouldn't be. But it does. So, you know, there's no, I guess that's pseudo-reasoning, because I'm saying, well, 
They all do what we do. Blah, 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 blah. So now, maybe that is the weakness. Maybe it is getting at us. There was a thing with this Michael Cohen who, uh, there's tapes now that somebody recorded a voicemail left them by the Trump legal team. And people are saying that it's like a uh, mafia movie where the drug lords or the gangsters lawyer slash henchman calls you and says, ah, you know, think about it. It's not such a good idea. I don't know. It's just like... Do that, but don't leave a voicemail. Oh my God. So there's other stuff. This uh, Attorney General Barr, supposedly he was at some event with Nancy Pelosi, and uh, he walked up to her and asked her if she had brought her handcuffs, like in an attempt to intimidate her and imply that she's going to arrest him, and uh, just a breach of etiquette. And she responded to him, pointing over to her, whatever side he was on. He said, uh, we have a sergeant in arms, and he handles all that stuff. Then Barr made some smart-ass comment and left. And you know, This is Speaker of the House, third in line for the presidency. You don't disrespect someone like that just because you can. And, and really, he can't. He just disrespected himself by even acting like that. Now, international news, if it's true, and I give him credit, you know, but then it's the uh, gathering of all these other forces that even got us to the point where this could happen, but the Hawks, Bolton, and other people in the administration are pushing to have a war with Iran for whatever crazy reason I can't imagine and Trump's being the one that's telling them to slow down yeah wonders will never cease I mean I, I really that's what I do I awake to the wonder of the day because there's always something fantastic America's fantastic our continuing survival is fantastic and it's necessary for this world to survive and then I do my best because that's what's right you know it's your best, and I had to take an extra hour of sleep the other morning, and that was what I needed. I could have done this or that, but so that's an example. I've talked about that, and then I spread the joy I hope to find. I go around, I talk. I got the honor the other day at the meeting to lead the Pledge of Allegiance, and I mean, what a what a thrill! Put your hand over your heart and pledge allegiance to America and feel what that means to you. That's what upholding matters is. And I hope everyone loves America as much as I do. Stay tuned and we'll keep trying our best. Mm -hmm.